Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646 876 and enter the PIN 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Barry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. And welcome into the show for this Tuesday, July 12th. The voice is a little scratchy, so we'll deal with that, but... We cer- I certainly wasn't going to miss a show, Chris, because you and I still have that streak going, right? We're- yeah, we do. We do. Two hundred and two. This is uh, number two hundred and two for. Yes. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I'm older, so I'll be Lou Gehrig. You'll be Cal Ripken. There you go. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so well, give us that. Give us the agenda, Chris. Yeah. All right. Well, it's a. You know, Jeff always says his agenda is jam packed. I don't think I've ever seen an agenda like this. This is crazy. I mean, it doesn't have any more sports on it. It's just got a lot happened while we were gone. And, of course, we're going to do our panel, and we're going to be talking about what's been going on with us and in our areas, and then we'll do Wimbledon. And then we're going to do, I never thought, never, if you would have asked me, what is going to be the top thing that we're going to talk about uh, after Wimbledon? Because, we, you know, Wimbledon should be done first, and, then, you know, it's an annual event. College sports. Well, we had seismic changes in college sports. Uh, you know, and a lot of rumors, and we can get into a little of that. But we're going to try to shy away from some of the rumors just because we have so much to do. So we will talk about college, though. We'll give it a good shot. Then we'll go to the NBA. Of course, a lot of transactions in the NBA that uh, have pretty much become official, and now we're waiting for the free agents to really start moving, and we'll get to some of the deadlines on that. Then, of course, baseball, um, the wild card. We're going to get into the wild card races now because it's now time to do that. And they're, they're crazy. There's only about 10 teams that are out of it, uh, as far as I can see. Um, NFL, we've got some few things in pro football. NHL. And uh, then for the panel, during the panel, uh, Robert is going to tell us about golf and about NASCAR. But anyway, for my panel, uh, the Red Sox are hanging in there somehow or another. I mean, it's not as good as it was. Remember, they had that great streak that ended on with the sweep of Cleveland on June 26th. Since then, they've been 5-9. and nine. But if you can win a, a series two games to two, they beat the Yankees two games to two because they were, you know, when it started out, it started, felt a little like the Boston Massacre of 1978, uh, especially after Friday night's game when they lost 12 to five. Then they came back and won six to five and in 10 innings on Saturday, came from behind twice to do it, and then uh, came from behind two nothing and four and six to two to win 11 to six on Sunday. They did lose last night. But you've got 10 pitchers on the injured list. Four rookies started in a row for the Red Sox. It's Pavetta and four rookies right now in the rotation until tonight. And we're going to get back Chris Chris Sale, 
the only rookie that's really been play, pitching de- decent is Cutter Crawford. The others have really not done well. And this is where you go back to what our friend John always talked about, the suspects and prospects. We were hearing about all these prospects, and it doesn't mean they won't have successful careers. But, you know, every, every wine in its time, you know, you have to wait and be ready. And they had to throw these guys in to the middle of a wild card race, into the middle of the Yankees, and it just hasn't worked out. So Cutter Crawford's been doing okay. But Sale is tonight. Uh, Nate Evaldi is coming back on Friday against the Yankees, and that's not good news for the Yankees if he's himself because he uh, kills the Yankees. And then, of course, we had uh, Bruins' new coach. We'll get to that in the NHL. Celtics with their new players. We'll get to that in the NBA. People are pretty happy with the Celtics. And, uh, you know, we'll see where Duran goes. But uh, they're one of the favorites, that's for sure. Anyway, we have our host to be named later, Rick Swan, who is suffering through our one-day heat wave. Yeah, yeah. We we had weather over the weekend that was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I've never seen it so nice. Um, I want to start off by wishing Sean a belated birthday. That's right. Um, Yeah, a happy birthday too. Not just belated, (laughs) happy one. (laughs) Um, so I think the whole show is eligible for AARP now. Yes, we yeah. are. Yeah. I can go eat at IHOP for a discount yeah. now, like the rest of you. <laughs> a couple of things that happened in the two weeks since we've been on, I just wanted to touch on. Um, the uh, USFL had their championship game on July 3rd. Uh, Birmingham beat Philadelphia 33-30, to played the game in Canton, Ohio. Um, and the July 4th Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, Joey Chestnut. He, now, he went down from 76 hot dogs last year to 63 this year. But he, he was on crutches. Yeah, he was on yeah. crutches, and he also had to body slam a protester during the yep. contest, so that, that takes a little while. <laughs> and uh, just just one thing that, that caught my eye, that fascinated me. I'm, I'm not a fan of the summer league in the NBA, but I just found, I don't know if you guys knew this. I just found out that if the game is tied at the end, they, they have a two-minute overtime, and then if it's still tied, they have sudden death. <laughs> sudden death in oh. basketball. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, how do they do that? I mean, what about free throws and stuff? Yeah, free throws count. Whoever scores yeah. the first point, the game you is get, over. You get a chance. Okay, so let's say it's the Celtics and the Warriors, and the Celtics get a free throw or something. Do the Warriors get a chance, or they're done? No, no, they're done. Sudden death. Okay. They're done. After the two minutes, they're done. And they do that because of the they, – they have four games in the same arena. And like so the they're every yeah. two hours. Right. And, As a yeah. matter of fact, Chris, tonight the Warriors and Celtics will be playing each other in summer, summer league. All right. Yes, that's about all I have. So, Terry, what did you do in your do during your summer vacation? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we uh, we had a lot of baseball going on here, and of course, the Cubs continue to struggle and struggle on. And um, as a fan, I'm really tired of this. So they they better do something to fix this because um, I've about had enough of this. But uh, well, you'll be happy to know that it's one of the ten teams that we won't be talking about during the wild card. Uh, that is absolutely today. true. Uh, <laughs> you know. We had two broadcast hirings while we were away, and they were oh. these. Uh, Florida State has hired Jeff Colhane to be their play-by-play announcer. I don't know a lot about him, but they have hired Jeff Colhane to do their football and, and basketball. and uh, that uh, Replacing Gene Deckerhoff. Yes, yep. replacing Gene Deckerhoff. And Northern Iowa has hired Jay... W. Cox to replace Gary Ryma. J.W. Cox, um, I heard an interview with him. He sounds like he's um, has some excitement to him. You know, you, you don't want somebody who's dull, so he, he doesn't sound like he's dull. <laughs> um, but um, we'll see going into football and basketball this year oh, how he does. It was raining that day because the temperature has been dropping. He comes to uh, northern Iowa from... Hey, we can hear you, Pierre. 
I can hear you, Pierre. He comes to Northern Iowa from uh, St. Cloud State. So we will see how good he does moving up a little bit there. So uh, that's that's what I have, Bill. Over to you. Well, I have been kind of taking it a little bit easy. Had a little downtime here in the broadcasting and checking out the conventions, but keeping my eye on sports. And I wanted tune you into a uh, podcast that just came out yesterday. It's in a six-part series, and it's called Luck. And it was done by a gentleman from The Athletic. And it talks about all the questions and unanswered questions and what led up to Andrew Luck's retirement. And you can go to the Athletic Football Show podcast to find it there or just type in luck on your favorite podcatcher. And it's a six-part series. And I think it's pretty interesting, actually. Uh, Andrew was pretty fascinating, different, but uh, he really took Stanford places and Mm -hmm. really made the Colts a lot better team. So. That's about all I got. There's no point in going on about the Reds. At least we win four They won't games. be on that 10-team team. Oh, they, swept, be... they helped us out. They swept Tampa Bay this weekend. Yes, that was they a good did. Day. Three yeah. in a row. So, but that, well, Robert, you take it away, buddy. Uh, well, that's okay. I represent another team that won't be on that list. And, nope. uh, and uh, boy, when we get to baseball, i got to talk about them because there was a very interesting article that came out on Sunday that – um, uh, if it turns out to be true, maybe Oakland's problems will, will be solved, but I'll cover that in baseball. In golf, Xander Shoffley won the uh, Scottish Open, and the Justice Department is looking into the PGA's actions in regards to the players that were suspended um, because they're participating in live golf. And in NASCAR, um, um, Chase Elliott, Chase Elliott. Yeah. won the race, and he... Uh, from what I understand, I didn't get a chance to see it. Pierre, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but from what I was told, he he pretty much led wire to wire. And, of course, he joined his dad in winning the uh, Atlanta race. Um, uh, they become the first father and son team to uh, apparently win that race. Again, Pierre, hmm. you can correct me if I'm wrong on that. So uh, other oh. than that, other than that the I got first, They're oh, not they're, the first father. Okay. Oh, okay. Pierre is correcting you right now. You didn't okay, have to wait. Yeah. Go ahead, Pierre. The first father and son. The Earnhardt oh. were the first father and son. Oh, okay. Thank you. I was wondering about that. Yeah. Okay. I thought the Petties might have done it, too, but I guess not. They did. I, but anyway, um, other than that, I've got uh, a doctor's appointment coming up, and that's why I won't be around next week. So, um, so nothing better happen in hockey or boxing. Uh, well, yeah. uh, in hockey, it's going to be busy starting tomorrow because free agency begins. And we'll do the best to keep everybody updated. Yeah, well, if Robert gets it into our uh, system, our phone system, we'll get it out to you next week. So, anyway, that's all I've got. Let's go to hot Texas, uh, uh, because California is just about as hot as Austin is at this time of year. So, take it away, Sean. All right. Well, hey, didn't do a whole lot over the two weeks. Watched some sports, caught up on some podcasts, uh, went out for my birthday yesterday. Uh, Yeah, I, I was feeling... 
I, I still actually I still have a free drink left over from yesterday that I didn't use. So wow, I have a I have one I have a chip that says I get the free drink. Somebody bought me one, and I had to go home. So <laughs> I was told to get in the car. So yeah, in the car, in the car. Yeah, but anyway, uh, yeah. But anyway, as far as what's going on, like this week is the 150th British Open or Open Championship, to be more specific, at historic St. Andrews in Scotland. And Greg Norman was told not to show up to the Champions Dinner or the little four-hole thing that they do, not to show up this year because they didn't want to take away from the moment by having PGA and Live. They are allowing the Live golfers to play in the Open, so... uh, but that's going on, and we'll talk about more of what I was following here in a few minutes in a big yeah. story that broke r- right after, two days after we decided not to, <laughs> our last show. But anyway, let's get on to Wimbledon first. All yeah. right. All right. So the on the women's side, we had Anz Jabur from Tunisia and Elena uh, Rabakina. Uh, Rabakina. Rabakina. Yeah, Rabakina. Yeah, I want to get the accent on the right syllable the, there. Rabakina. Yeah, that's how, yeah. That's, how the, that's how the two Chris's, Fowler and Everett. Okay. So. Well, if there's me yeah. and Chris, would go, go for it. So, and yeah. she represents Kazakhstan, which is why she got to play, because she's actually a Russian player, and she switched her allegiance to Kazakhstan in 2018. And actually, I think we had it backwards the way, and maybe I misunderstood what people were saying, but apparently the reason that the, the Wimbledon does not count is because Wimbledon banned the Russian players, and the two ranking authorities in tennis, ATF, and I forget what the other one is, they said... ATP and WTA. ATP and WTA said that was not what should have been done, and they are not sanctioning yeah. it as an official tournament for having done that. They say, don't take it out on the athletes. Yeah. I mean, you're not seeing hockey yeah. ban Russian players or whatever. So, you know, I, I get that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's individuals. But anyway, so that was what happened. So that's why I put people, I think we were blaming Wimbledon for not ranking and, and you know, or something. But no, no the, that way. ATP, ATP is the men's association and WTA, the women's tennis association. So they so, they both decided that they weren't going to, and, and she became a citizen of Kazakhstan in 2018. I think she was living there before, uh-huh. but she became a citizen in 2018. So Rabakina is 23, and she was ranked 23rd in the world. And the first, uh, it was her first Grand Slam win. She won a 3-6, 6-2, 6-2. And the first finals in 62 with uh, both players being in their first finals of a Wimbledon on the women's side. And then uh, both first Grand Slam finals uh, as well. And then uh, Jabur was trying to become the first Arab uh, Arab slash Muslim African to win uh, a Grand Slam event, and the Rush. And then I just explained about the Russians because I wrote that down. I got that out of the Globe article on that because I was not understanding it. I had it back backwards. And Venus won Wimbledon in 2007, and she was number 31. So that's like the last time somebody that far down the list won uh, a Grand Slam event. On the men's side, Rafael Nadal had to withdraw because he had an abdom- abdominal strain in the quarterfinals, which put Nick Kyrgios into the uh, semis, and then he was in the finals. Yeah. So Novak Djokovic okay. beat uh, Nick Kyrgios, uh, let's see, 4-6, 6-3, 6-4, 7-6. It was the fourth Wimbledon in a row for him, and seven Wimbledons overall, and 21 Grand Slams now. So uh, Kyrgios was unseated, and... Um, yeah. Uh, Djokovic won, uh, won't play here because he's still not vaccinated and he's not being allowed to play. 
Nadal has uh, 22 Grand Slams and now Djokovic and eight Wimbledon. And Djokovic was seven Wimbledon. Uh, no, I, I guess Federer is the one with all the Wimbledons, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Federer has eight. Djokovic yeah. now has seven. Seven. But, yeah, uh, yeah with... Uh, uh, and uh, and uh, who did I say was has the twenty? Nadal is twenty two Grand Slam, yeah. and I guess yeah. I don't know how. Uh, there's been many matches between uh, Nadal and Djokovic. I don't know what the thought was as to who would have won that if Djokovic had not been injured. But you know, yeah. But also, let me correct. Let me correct you a little bit on one thing. Uh, Karios was automatically he he advanced to the semifinals. He was going to play Nadal in the semifinals. Nadal yeah. Oh, yeah, won the, the quarterfinal match. Yeah, the way he won the quarterfinal, but right before the semifinal, he was in too much pain, so he forfeited for Karyos. So that's that. Yeah, you made it like he was. So just wanted to clarify that. And Anj Jabor was actually the first person from Africa, an Arab, and a Muslim to play in the Wimbledon final. Well, so she already made history, and she would have made more if she won. But yeah. Right. Okay. So that's it uh, for Wimbledon. So we know that uh, Djokovic, Djokovic will not be here uh, because he has stated he will not get vaccinated. So that's just the way it is. So he can play in. Uh, he cannot play here in Australia. He can play in uh, Britain and France. So that's how that works. And also, uh, Roger Federer was at Wimbledon because uh, they had a uh, a ceremony because this was the 100th year of them using center court. Uh, and so they had all the living champions come back, and they had a ceremony, and, and he was there, and he spoke to the crowd, and he said uh, he's not playing at all this year, but he plans to play as much as possible next year, and he'd like to retire at Wimbledon next year. So, Okay, so he would only be in the two Grand Slam events, that would uh, Australia yeah. and Wimbledon. Australia and Wimbledon, yeah. And how many does he have? 20, is it? He, he's got 20. Yeah, he's at 20. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah. uh, uh, the tennis experts, Chris, they think the match would have been pretty much even because uh, grass is kind of an even service for the two of them. Uh, no, uh, okay. Well, that's too bad. People didn't get to see that, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's the way it is. So yeah. we move on to college sports. And, uh, you know, we had a seismic change uh, in the sports uh, because we had USC and UCLA allegedly going from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten, and that would start in 2024, and they're all on board with it, but the, the little complication may have come up today. Sean could tell us about it. Well, okay, first of all, on as July, uh, right there, on the last day of June, the, it started breaking uh, that UCLA, USC, of course, advanced, were invited to the Big Ten, the Big Ten approved them that night in a meeting. USC, UCLA both accepted. So that would put them at 16, and they would start, like I said, in the 24th season. Uh, however, today something came out. The California Board of Regents, they're like, well, we got to put this on our uh, agenda for our July 21st meeting to vote on this, to talk about it. Now, it's probably mainly a formality. They're not, because I've heard there's not going to be a lot of complications with it, but there are some that are concerned, like, whoa, you're leaving the Pac-12 and going to the Big Ten. You know, there's some in there. But the University of California, their fan base for football, they really don't have it. And Berkeley has thought, well, maybe, you know, they've talked about it for years. Do they even keep football or are they losing? And here's the thing why UCLA is UCLA, $80 million in the hole. They, they have an $80 million debt, so they will go the big, the Pac-12's TV deal right now. Each, last year, each school got $19 million. In the Big Ten, each school got at least $43 million off their TV deal, 
and Fox is looking to pull it out of the Pac-12 stuff. So this, of course, got all the scrambling around. What are we going to do? Oregon and Washington thought, well, do we know Big Ten says no. The only school they would want to get is Notre Dame. So USC, UCLA would probably be in a pod with Iowa, Nebraska, and they just do it that way. But uh, the Big 12 has been in contact with at least four schools and possibly six. They've contacted the Arizona schools, Utah and Colorado, because you got the Denver market and the Phoenix market, two top 15 markets, and you'd have the Utah-BYU rivalry if that happens. And BYU, like it or not, I mean, they're not a big national brand like Notre Dame, but they are a national brand because there's Mormons, especially the Midwest and out West, there's a huge Mormon population, and a lot of them went to BYU. So they're, you know, they're looking at that one. Uh, you know, the Mountain West has said that he's been, con- the commissioner went on KOA Denver and said that he's been contacted by multiple schools from the Pac-12 about coming in, and he said, well, we'll wait and see. The ACC, there was a rumor that ESPN, ESPN told them that we would let y'all out of your deal if these four schools, uh, there were two rumors. One was the Virginia schools and North Carolina, North Carolina State. The other one that was bigger was North Carolina, Clemson, Florida State, and Miami. We'd let you out of your TV deal, which goes till 2036. And, but the SEC, says right now they made it all multiple athletic directors said we are fine at 16 right now we we want to see how we are at 16 so and notre dame saying they want you know right now they're happy with their deal they'll just do a wait and see so the eight but the acc and pac-12 have talked and this is george kliakov said this publicly so this is not rumor they haven't signed it officially but they have talked about a deal a loose partnership including the big a pac-12 acc championship game in Las Vegas because maybe they'd share a TV deal. They, w- they would be two separate conferences, but they would play each other on December 3rd because, you know, Pat, they'll get, they'd get rid of their conference championships because ACC is going to a pod system where you play three teams every year and then you have five teams one year, then the other five the next year. Now, your three teams may be different than the other schools. So, like, Virginia would always play Virginia Tech. That would be right. one of the three. I BC think you would always keep, play Syracuse. I imagine you'd keep your designated rival that you already have. And then you yeah, you keep your designated And then two others. Like, maybe Carolina, North Carolina would have NC State and Duke. Uh, NC BC State has have Virginia Car- Tech. And I think they're going to get Miami and Syracuse. Yeah, they're getting in, and yeah, so it's different. But so that's going on with all that. But right now, the the ones you're watching are what is the Big Twelve and Pac Twelve? What's going to happen with them? Because a this ACC Pac Twelve deal goes hit goes upon uh, who's still going to be in the Pac Twelve because the the Arizona schools have wanted to leave the Pac Twelve since them and USC have all three talked about leaving the Pac-12 off and on ever since the Pac-12 decided not to take Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, because they were a little upset at Cal and some of those because they would not bring BYU in as a religious school. They didn't want a religious school, and they didn't want Baylor. So when that whole group, that all fell through, there was talk, and that's where the Big 12 kind of, our outgoing commissioner, Bowlesby, did not go after those schools. He instead of, he could have had Arizona, Arizona State, USC, but he went out and possibly UCLA because they might have come with them. But he went, you know, TCU, West Virginia, and it might have kept Texas and Oklahoma 
he might have had the Big 12, but that's all. But tomorrow's Big 12 media day, so the new commissioner of the Big 12 is one of these other three trying to figure out what to do. And he will speak at the beginning of the meeting, so Brett I hope Yormark I can find that. Yeah, Brett yeah, Yormark. He came, he came yeah. from, he ran the New Jersey slash Brooklyn Nets. He worked for Jay-Z's Rock Nation. He also worked in NASCAR. So he's got a bit of a public relations type uh, deal with sports. So we'll see. I know that Pac-12 went with Kliakov, a non-college uh, non type commissioner, but we'll see how this one goes. I yeah, want to see if, it you, if you look at the Big Ten and you look at the markets that they have teams in, in New York, L.A., Chicago, Philadelphia, Detroit, Detroit. Baltimore, and D.C., I mean, you know, those are, you know, those are good uh, areas to and, be in. And they, no. share, they share, they share St. Louis with Missouri. They have part of St. Louis and then Cincinnati, Cleveland, Columbus to all top 40 markets. All those yeah. are all. I, I top, think you know. the, the biggest part of this is if you look back to the COVID stuff two years ago, if anybody would have told you that Kevin Warren of the Big Ten could have pulled something like this off, you'd have probably told them they were crazy. Mm -hmm. Yep, and you know, like because the, every, the SEC, everybody remember said how 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 bad he was at dealing yeah. with all that. Mm -hmm. But he said it on here. He pulled, yeah, boy, he pulled one off here though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he did, and and you know, and like the, they pointed out though, the SEC is very quick to point out all of our schools, the states border each other. Now they all kind of did, and then they jump, they jump five states to go to California, but you get a top football program and a top basketball program. And I've even heard what well, would be smart if they could somehow keep the Pac-12 together with their 10 schools. You know, Gonzaga, bring them in for basketball only. I've heard rumors of that also happening with Pac-12, so right. that could be... Another SEC rumor is, and I know Vanderbilt is great for baseball, but another SEC rumor is that they might be willing to sacrifice, if you will, Missouri and Vanderbilt just because other than in basketball, Vanderbilt doesn't bring you much and Missouri doesn't bring you much at all really at this point. No, well, and know, Missouri's always that, been kind of an outsider of the If that happened, Missouri would probably go back to the Big 12 and Vanderbilt might come to the ACC because they could feel sort of kindred spirits with Duke and so forth in the yep. ACC. Or they might go, Vanderbilt might go to the Big 12. That, that part, that, that's, like I said, next year at this time, we're going to have a puzzle. We're, we're going to have quizzes. Who's in what conference? Maybe yeah, we'll really. do that. I don't know. Really. <laughs> but anyway. Okay, but that's, so we got a lot of the rumors in and you know, but and we got the the facts about the the new commissioner, the uh, UCLA USC, unless there's some fly in the ointment that we don't know about, and also the um, uh, the new commissioner and the ACC schedule change. So and that doesn't start till 23. So this year that would be yeah. the way it was. So getting to the NBA and there was a lot going on. Now it settled down because. I think we're waiting. When does uh, when do you actually start signing the free agents and all that stuff? When uh, that? They signed them. Up, they started that on the sixth. Yeah, already, they've already been signing them. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So we'll just go through this in chronological order from what we got. But the big day was July first. That usually is in the NBA. There was a lot of trades and a lot of stuff. So Will Hardy was made officially the Utah coach. We already had his name, but they signed that and got that straight. Uh, Deshante um, Murray from San Antonio to Atlanta. For a twenty uh, for a twenty three draft choice from Charlotte, and that could be a good one, the first one, and then twenty five and twenty seven will swap in twenty six. So Atlanta and you know San, so San Antonio gets a bunch of draft choices for uh, for him, and then um, Harden decided to restructure his contract so he could stay with Philadelphia and stay with Embiid, and, and that way they were able to sign PJ Tucker. 
So that was, uh, you know, they, they made that move. Uh, let's see. And then he we, signed, and he did sign it for 30, he signed his new one for 30, he's going to make 32 million. So he re-signed, he signed the new, the new deal that Harden mm-hmm. did. So. Okay. It's so 47 got, million. And then at the time, and I don't know, there's rumors about Kevin Durant every day, but he supposedly wanted to leave uh, Brooklyn, and I think he still does. And the contenders yeah, yeah. at yeah. that time were Phoenix and Miami and Portland, they said. So I don't know. Oh, uh, right now, Phoenix, Toro- Phoenix is trying to put something together. Uh, they're, Phoenix is, now, the one thing that's going, a rumor, uh, they're going to trade DeAndre Ayton to Indianapolis, or to Indiana. For a couple of players, I think that's gone through. They, they're trading. That's one thing. But, uh, it hasn't gone through yet. Okay, it hasn't okay. gone through. But that is the that's a that was a Woj bomb. But Phoenix, they're thinking about it, but they don't. They're not quite sure what you know. They don't want to give up what Brooklyn wants. Right. That's, and Toronto's in there too now. Okay. And uh, Devin Booker resigned for Phoenix Five for two hundred fourteen million. And uh, Bradley Beal with Washington, two hundred fifty million for five for him. Uh, Nikolai Jokic, uh, five for two hundred sixty-four with Denver. So a lot of people staying where they were. Uh, Jalen Brunson went to the Knicks, uh, and we told you about Tucker going to Philadelphia for thirty-three point two for three. So uh, Harden restructuring. Uh, Job Morant. Uh, extended with Memphis four for 193. Carl uh, Anthony Towns extended for Minnesota four two twenty four. Gary Payton two went uh, for three for twenty eight with uh, Portland. Um, Zach Levine staying with the Bulls five for two fifteen. Um, and then uh, there's the here's the head scratcher. The uh, great and durable Zion Williams has signed his contract with New Orleans four for uh, five for two thirty one. I I don't and think anybody understands that. He, and out of two hundred, yeah, out of two hundred sixty-four games, he's played one hundred and forty-nine. Now, yeah. when he plays, he averages twenty-five points a game. But I think he's played more than the last couple of years. But that's about it. You know, yeah. that's about all we can yeah. say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for the Celtics, their big thing was they got Danilo Gallinari. Uh, he's uh, thirteen years in the in the league, and he's been picked up by the Celtics. And that was he part, was part of, the, of the. Murray yeah. trade, right? Okay. Yeah. Yes, it was. Then, and San Antonio cut him. Right. San Antonio, they got him and then cut him, and you know that's how Celtics were able to pick him up. So yeah. yeah. And then they also got uh, Mal- Mal- Malcolm Brogdon from Indiana for uh, uh, Naismith, uh, uh, Michael, t- uh, not Michael, Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, Daniel Tice. Uh, and, and and some bench players and a first round choice and a couple of bench players that never were playing. But Naismith, you know, he hustles. I mean, maybe he'll get something together. I'd, I'd like him because his nickname's Crash, so you got to like people named Crash. Yeah. And, and then Mr. COVID, Rudy Gobert from Utah to Minnesota. Of course, he was the first person in pro sports to come down with COVID, and that caused the cancellation of the Oklahoma City-Utah game that night in Oklahoma City on March 11th of uh, 2020. So, and then he was the first uh, person to score in the bubble when the basketball resumed, but he's going to Minnesota for uh, three ones and two twos. So Danny's got his draft choices. I like this for Minnesota. Minnesota is, uh, that's a team I think they could give Golden, now with him and Carl Anthony Towns, they're going to give Golden State a run for their money because you look at them, we were talking about them in the playoffs. They were a sleeper team as a seven, but now 
they've boosted that roster. And Danny Ainge, like you said, working his magic, building the draft pick, you know, wheeling and dealing. They, I think they got something. I think Minnesota's a sleeper team, the team to watch yeah. next year. And Utah's yeah. keeping Donovan Mitchell. So, you know, that's, that's their, uh, their thing that they're going to do. And uh, let's see. And the Lakers and uh, Brooklyn could trade their headaches. They may swap yeah. Westbrook for Kyrie. So, you know, who knows? And I guess Kyrie must they must have, Kyrie and LeBron must have buried the hatchet. So I guess he can go back to, uh, you know, to, to play with LeBron and be a nice number two. Uh, yeah, right. And, uh, well, Westbrook yeah, couldn't sure. do it either. So, you know, it'll, I wouldn't like to be the Nets. They're, they're in a mess. And um, like, I'm kind of glad they're in our division and, and all that. Uh, Brittany Griner pled guilty in Russia for the, uh, the carrying the hashish oil in her bag. Uh, says it was the wrong bag. Okay, whatever. Anyhow, uh, I love she, all over again. Yeah, really. She mm-hmm. wrote Joe Biden and uh, from prison and uh, could uh, shorten her. The, the deal about it is by pleading guilty, they think it might have shortened uh, her time. But you know, it's all about political prisoners. There's another guy over there mm-hmm. that they want. We want back, and they would like a whole bunch of Russian arms dealers and stuff, which who aren't savory. And the governor of New Mexico is going over there, uh, supposedly, to talk about getting those two. And the, the WNBA... The, 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 the former governor of New Mexico, Bill, former governor. Bill, okay. Bill Richardson, he hasn't been governor for oh, a long yeah. time. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. okay yeah. But, and and the WNBA All-Star game, they all they all came out in the second half wearing her number, her, jer- her yeah. jersey number yeah. 42. So. so, you know, I mean, we'll see what happens, but, I mean, hopefully she'll be back soon, but it's just... You know, we, we oh, and whenever we make these trades, we trade, uh, you know, 15. They get back 15, we get yeah. back two. That's yeah. how we always mm-hmm. do it. It's been uh, not just this administration. That's just how it's done, you know, so whatever. But uh, we'll see what happens with that. So, I don't know. Is there any other new NBA Damian, stuff that I haven't heard Damian about? Lil- D- Damian Lillard yesterday agreed. He signed a two-year extension to his contract with Portland. So, he already had three years left on it. So, now he's got five uh, $122 million extensions. So, the, four, the first year of that extension, he'll get a little over $58 million, Then he'll get $63.5 million the second year. So, they've, they've locked him up for a while. So. And okay. also, while, while we're talking about the Trailblazers, uh, Paul Allen's sister came out. Uh, I think her name is Jody, and uh, she said that, uh, that neither one of the teams are going to be for sale—the Blazers or the Seahawks. She said uh, she's running Paul Allen's estate. There is a plan in place where the teams will eventually be sold, but the estate is not ready to do that yet. But eventually, both of those teams will eventually be up for sale. Okay. Um, yeah. uh, uh, Apparently he uh, he knew he was going to die. Uh, I, I guess he had cancer or whatever it was, and he yeah, wrote he, out a, he wrote out a very extensive plan on how to do things in the future, and that's what she's following. So I guess he left pretty strict instructions. The, those teams are eventually going to be for sale, but she said not anytime soon because I guess teams people have been calling her about both the Seahawks and the Blazers. And uh, so she finally had to come out and say, no, neither one of these teams are for sale. But we'll okay. let you know when they are. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. And so that's it for the NBA, I guess, for now. And we will uh, keep an eye on it. And as more developments occur, we will come up with them. So now we go on to baseball. And, of course, there's been a couple of weeks of action. So standings are a little different, especially in, in some ways with some of these teams. 
And as I say, we're also going to run down the wild card standings so after we finish the division. So in the East, the Yankees are going to win the division 61-25. and 25. After 84 games, I heard a stat on Saturday when they, before they lost the two to the Red Sox that they had won, that that was the best record ever in an 80, 84 games for any team, 61-23 and 23 at that time. So they're 61-25. and 25. Red Sox 47 and 40, Tampa Bay 40, uh, 46 and 40, Toronto 45 and 42, and the Orioles 43 and 44, and they've won eight in a row. And um, I actually listened to the Orioles announcers the other day, and they sound like a minor league announcing team. They're just not very good. Neither of them are that good, I don't think. But that's what they hired because they they save money as best they can. And it was kind of strange to hear a woman doing baseball. And she's okay, and the guy's okay, but they don't not major league. You know, then I put on Tampa Bay, and so much you know, like night and day, you know, that kind of thing. So night and day. I mean, they, they, not, Tampa Bay doesn't spend any money either, but they got a good announcing team. But the uh, Orioles are in the wild card. So will they keep this team to break up the Orioles or not? We'll see. You know, in the American League Central, we have Minnesota at uh, forty-eight and forty, Cleveland um, forty-two and forty-two, um, the White Sox are forty-one and forty-four, Detroit thirty-six and fifty-one, Kansas City thirty-four and fifty-two. In the West, we have Houston at fifty-six and twenty-nine. Houston, when they were playing the Mets and Yankees, there they went seven and two. So watch out for the Astros. They're going to be tough in the Yeah, those season. two losses, they could have very easily won against the Yankees. Yes. Yeah. So they're 56-29. and 29. They should win that division. Although Seattle is playing well, and they're now at 45-42, and 42, right in the middle of that wild card race. So uh, we have Texas at 40-44. and 44. The Angels are 38-49. and 49. I heard a statistic that since June 1st, the Angels are 6-25 and 25 when Otani doesn't pitch. That's amazing. And uh, Oakland, of course, 29-59. and 59. In the National League East, the Mets won last night, so they've got a two-and-a-half game lead. They're at 54-33. and 33. Braves, who they beat, are at 52-36. And Philadelphia, 46-41. and 41. We have, um, where are we here? Miami at 41-44. and 44, And Washington, 30-58. and 58. In the Central, Milwaukee's at 48-39. Uh, and 39. St. Louis at 47 and 42, so two-game lead for the uh, Brewers there. Pittsburgh is uh, third at 37 and 50. The Cubs are 34 and 52. Cincinnati 32 and 54. And in the West, we have the Dodgers at 56 and 29. San Diego 50 and 38. So the Dodgers have gotten a pretty big lead there. San Francisco 43-42. I guess the Giants have a lot of injuries, Robert. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Okay, because they've been struggling. They've, they've really lost a lot of games lately. lately. Uh, we have 39-48 and 48 for uh, uh, Arizona, and Colorado is 38-49. Uh, uh, so the wild card. So we're starting to do this, and after all the injuries and everything that's happened to the Red Sox, they're number one in the AL wild card at 47-40. and 40. Remember, the top three teams make the wild card. So, and... I don't know how they say, though, I don't think there's going to be any uh, postseason games to decide wild cards. I don't know what they're going to do with the teams that play six games because you could have a division foe, that you, a non-division team. It's fine for your division, but for a team that you only play six times, you might have three and three. So I don't know what they're supposed to do about that, but we'll see when we get closer. 
So the Red Sox are 47 and 40. Tampa Bay second at 46 and 40. Then Seattle and Toronto are tied for third. And that's the important spot that people are chasing is the third wild card because you can still get in the postseason. They're both 45 and 42 right now. So then you drop down to Cleveland at 42 and 42. So a game and a half behind those guys. Baltimore 43 and 44, two games out. Then we have the White Sox at 41 and 44. So they're three out. And Texas 40 and 44. So they're three and a half out. So those are the wild card contenders. The American League's got a lot of wild card contenders. And but the, the White Sox Stock- and Cleveland are playing a doubleheader today. They are. Did we get a score on the first game? We did. Uh, Cleveland won the first won game 4-1. Okay. 4-1. Okay. One. Okay. And then um, in the National League, the wild card, because I hadn't really looked at this because I've been following the American League pretty closely, but Atlanta is 52-36 and 36 in, on the top, San Diego 50-38, and 38. And then Philadelphia, 46 and 41. So they would be the third wild card right now. But St. Louis is tied with them at 47 and 42. Then you have San Francisco, 43, 42. They'd be two out. Miami, 41 and 44. So they'd be four out. And uh, so that's it in the National League. So it's not quite as crazy in the National League. But um, the Phillies, you know, they, their managerial uh, change did them good. And we said the Angels really hasn't. But that's an amazing stat about Otani, you know, 6-25. and 25 And, and uh, the, I don't know who else the Orioles are beating up on, but the, Robert made the point uh, the other day when he was doing the scoreboard saying, you know, the, the uh, Orioles did get to play the Angels, and that certainly has helped. But, you know, the, the, then turning around, you look at the uh, uh, Toronto going into the Red Sox. The Red Sox had that great West Coast trip. Toronto's really been struggling on the West Coast. So, uh, you know, it, it, you got to get your win somewhere and, and so forth. So, you know, uh, that, that's just kind of the way it's been. But um, as I say, the Red Sox are going to start to get healthier. And uh, we'll see if Chris Sale, the biggest problem with Chris Sale, he's, not only has he not stayed healthy, but since 2019 he hasn't really, unless it's been a crummy team, he hasn't pitched well. And, of course, he was out all of 20, came in in like August of 21. But he could beat Baltimore, and Baltimore wasn't as good as they are now. Teams like that, but he couldn't beat the the Irons. Got killed in the not well, not killed, but did not pitch well. So he did get killed against Tampa Bay, and, and did not pitch well against Houston either. So in the postseason, so well, he uh, had to get some money, uh, money's worth out of him. One of okay, the writers in the L.A. Times today, Chris, uh, asked the question: Will the Angels trade Otani because they're not going anywhere? And he would be valuable for any of the contenders, and the Angels could get all kinds of stuff for him. So there, there must be some talk in Southern California circles about that possibly being uh, uh, happening. And if that's the case, that would be the story of the trade deadline. You it know? would, but I don't think they'll do it. I my I thought it. is it to me. That would be like when in 1960 the Indians traded Rocky Colavito. They were still drawing pretty well, and uh, you know, decent team, but not great. But when they, people got so mad when they traded Rocky Colavito, even though they traded him for Harvey Keene, who was a batting champion, they never forgave them. And I don't think that the Angels uh, can go through that. Yeah. You know? No, and he's doing commercials. He's doing commercials. He's a draw. Yeah, because I've seen him. Oh, what commercials? Is he? He's in, there's a couple commercials with Otani now, and he's a draw. It's Southern California. Uh, you know, they need they they need the draw because they are the second team in Southern California. You know, right. They're, they're the number I, two, I so they need. I didn't say I agreed with it. I was no, no, I'm just saying no. I don't think they'll do it. I just no, I'm just saying why they wouldn't. Yeah. Why they wouldn't. Okay, what were you going to say, yeah. Rick? Go ahead. Rick. No, no, I just said I don't think they'd do it either. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so a couple of late notes that I got. Sometimes I do the late notes first because they're right on top here. 
Uh, Robbie Cano apparently is with the Braves. Is he on the Braves, uh, Robert? Yeah, or is he just? He played, he played last night. Okay. They, they acquired him from the Padres for cash. Okay. Yeah, the and cash the, was one dollar. Yeah, really. And next, the next uh, big story uh, that David USF broke today for us was the concession strike at Dodger Stadium that we may run into. And that's not just the peanut vendors and the hot dog guys. That's like the people that work in the restaurants. All the restaurants would be closed, everything else, just before the All-Star game. And 99% of them voted uh, for, to strike. So they don't know when it would start. They didn't set a, a deadline, but they basically have the uh, Dodger, the concession people from Chicago. I forget the name of the restaurant group. Uh, it's not the Dodgers. It's the uh, people that uh, are their contractor have them over a barrel because they can't not have concessions for the all-star stuff. Well, so, I remember there's that big controversy, Chris, that uh, David USF broke about the guy that throws the peanuts. And that's the uh, same company. It's the yeah. same company. Yep. Right. Yep. So. Okay. So Kenley Jansen, I don't know how he is now, but he went in a couple weeks ago to the on the IL for uh, heart irregular heart uh, beat issue, and uh, I guess he's, he's had this before. Uh, he's still there, and he's had it a number of times, but I have yeah. not heard any updates on that. Okay, uh, and he's had a bunch of procedures for it. Uh, Archie Bradley. Now, this is going to remind Rick of something too. Archie Bradley suffered a broken arm in that big fight between the Angels and the Mariners, reminding us of Bill Lee who uh, Mickey Rivers grabbed his arm, so he you know, tried to hurt his shoulder, and Bill Lee was never the same again, I don't think, after that fight. So, you know, we, you, these things happen in these fights, and especially if they see a pitcher, and he's a good pitcher, they'll try to do something to him. That's what Mickey Rivers did. So that fight was on uh, June 26th. And then we got into this whole thing, and I guess it's a he said, he said, but did Freddie Freeman actually get the best offer available? The, the thing is that uh, Freddie Freeman is saying, and he fired his agent, uh, Casey Close, because he feels uh, the uh, Braves must have, when he was in Atlanta, shown him something that proved to him that he didn't get the best, uh, that this offer was never uh, conveyed to him by Casey Close. And the, so he has fired Casey Close. Casey Close says uh, that, you know, that's not true, that he did convey all the offers to him and all this other stuff. And, of course, Freeman had just gone back to Atlanta, had a really emotional time down there, and, you know, and, and of course, got his World Series ring. And uh, so we'll we'll see. And again, another thing it reminds me and Rick of is Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr, yeah. yeah because Alan Eagleson did not tell Bobby Orr, who uh, could have had a piece of the Bruins yeah. and the offer that he was given in 1975, but was not told about it. So he went to the Blackhawks, and everybody yelled and screamed at the Bruins. Did not blame Bobby Orr for it because nobody blamed Bobby Orr for anything around here. And uh, no, but I mean, it wasn't Bobby Orr's fault either. It was Alan Eagleson who ended up in jail for other issues. So well, apparently. Uh uh, Casey Closes got trouble with other clients because Trevor Story of the Red Sox basically fired him, Chris, for the same reasons. Apparently, the Red Sox offer was not the best that he got, and he wasn't told about his best offer either. So apparently, whoever this Casey Close guy is, whoever he's represented, all of a sudden, he has not been doing his job for his players. No, that's so ridiculous. I mean, it's a but, he, but he has represented and still does for many years guys like Derek Jeter. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, maybe he's having a problem. You know, sometimes people lose their fastball, and we've got to. We'll get to the Bruins' new hockey coach. I mean, maybe he's got an issue going on. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, because it's more money for you if they get more money. I mean, I don't understand it. You know. Yeah. 
But Eagleson has to do with the way it's structured or something. Yeah, it could be. But the other thing too, I think with Eagleson, he had uh, an in with I don't know. He may have been trying to get. You know, he's running the players' pension fund, and you know, Wurtz. He might have had an in with uh, the Wurtz as opposed to the Jacobs. So that's why he did what he did. There there must have been another reason. If you went into, I'm sure there's been like sports documentaries done on Eagleson from the heights of everything. You know, representing being uh, one of the best agents ever. You know, he was one of the new agents. Him and uh, and. What's his name from from here, uh, Rick? And I can't Bob think of his name. Bob Wolf. Bob Wolf. were like the two star agents when agents free agency first started in the mid seventies, and then uh, he ends up in jail. So, uh, and Clayton Kershaw said, and rightly so, give the Dodgers a chance. You know, we we're we're good guys too, and uh, you'll you'll have fun here and all that. So anyway, and um, and and there is no way that either one of these, either the Trevor story or you know those contracts would not be done away with or anything like that no, so i no, mean for no. people i know we've had people say you know that should happen well, that that ain't gonna no. happen no bobby Orr went to chicago he only played i think four games and he was injured he wasn't gonna play much more for anybody but right. uh you know it was it, it, we didn't know at the time but he was but done but uh i think the last time he played here was in 74 in, in november so you know i think or or and park played like two games together before or couldn't play anymore right. uh so and uh, so anyway so uh, Jared, Jared Duran and uh, Tanner Houck say they will be uh, available to play on September 30th when the Reds go, Red Sox go back to Toronto. We don't know about our friend Chris, Chris Sale. He's not vaccinated, so we don't know what he's going to do about that. And, again, that could be very important because these wild cards, the first round that we've confirmed now, because I heard it, it is a three-game series at it the is. home team. So if you're yeah. the Red Sox and you're in Toronto – you know, you'll have who you have, or anybody who goes to Toronto will have who's vaccinated, and that's because you don't expect Canada to change it before and, then. And the Phillies, by the way, have an issue. Yeah. Uh, Romuto, uh, Baum, and a couple of other guys are going to miss the series in Toronto because they are not vaccinated. Right, that's that's right. They're in Toronto this week. Yep. Um, Nolan Arenado hit the, went for the cycle uh, on Friday the, thir- the 1st, and uh, the 4th to do it this year. That's for the Cardinals. And then uh, in St. Louis, uh, had four home runs in a row on, on uh, the second. So they had quite a – that was against the uh, uh, Phillies, and we remember the Red Sox did that in 07 against the Yankees on a Sunday night game. Uh, let's see. Uh, what do we got? St. Louis. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, so the trade deadline is actually going to be on August 2nd, our anniversary show, and it's going to be at 6 p.m., so it'll be after our show. So we should have uh, – Bill and Perry will keep their phones – uh, a light and uh, check on things, but we may not have all the information. But because the deadline is going to be 6 p.m., so you know, then we have uh, the other things that happened. Uh, yeah. uh, the A's traded Christian Bethencourt to Tampa Bay, and I guess he's a catcher in infielder. The Tampa Bay's got some injury problems. Uh, yonder. That, um, that's why they made this trade, Kurt. Right. Well, Kevin uh, Kiermeyer is out. Less, it seems to be out for the rest of the year. I don't know what's wrong with him, but he's one of their best offensive players. And their other real good one is Yonder Franco. He's going to be out eight weeks because he bro- has a broken hamade bone. And I do not remember where your hamade bone is. Uh, that is um, that is in your hand. Uh, uh, I forget where exactly it is in your hand. I remember Jose Canseco had one of those, and it, okay. took, him, it took him a long time to heal. Okay. It. 
So Bethancourt is a catcher and infielder, so I think he's uh, with Tampa Bay now. Yes, uh, yes. that trade uh, was made on Saturday, so he is yep. there. Yeah, for the last night. Uh, the Mets retired Bobby, uh, I mean, Keith Hernandez's number. <laughs> Bobby will be knee on the brain. We already talked about him in the last <laughs> yeah. show. Yep. Uh, Keith Hernandez is number 17. Is he going, is he in the Hall of Fame or is he going or not? Uh, no, he's not in the Hall of Fame, and I believe he should be, but yeah. he's not. He should be. Yeah. Who did they, does anybody remember who the Cardinals, uh, they, they traded to get him, you know, who did the Cardinals get back? I don't remember who the, uh, yeah. who the Cardinals It wasn't a good trade for the Cardinals. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and we said the Orioles have won eight in a row, and the question is, what are they going to do? So in going through those um, teams, when we get when we talk again about August 2nd and what who's going to do what, you've only got 10 teams that are really out of it that I didn't read there. You know, so you've got 20 teams that could add. I mean, sometimes you're three games out in the wild card August 1st. You really don't necessarily want to do it. But on the other hand, if you're a team like the Orioles, you know, you could you could bring some faith by, you know, adding a little bit because you the first time you've contended for anything in about eight years. So now, of course, the rumor the rumor is that the Orioles are still going to trade like Mancini and those guys. Yeah. yeah, well, that's what we'll see. If they do, that that's it. I mean, then you just say, this is ridiculous, because they're just not even trying. No. Uh, you know, <clears throat> let's see, I think i got a couple more. Uh, Joe, uh, all right, okay, Robert, you, this is your story, the uh, Golden yeah. State Warriors owner and the A's. Yeah, uh, Joe Lakoff, the, uh, the head owner of the Golden State Warriors, apparently there's a book coming out, uh, John Shea of the San Francisco Chronicle, um, apparently has written a book with Joe Lacop and several other people. Uh, Joe Lacop, since the A's were sold to John Fisher and Lou Wolf in 2005, and of course Lou Wolf, he passed away, he's no longer with us. Uh, he, matter of fact, Lou Wolf sold his share of the A's to John Fisher in 2016. Ever since the, those two have been in business and owning the A's, Joe Lacop, who is uh, originally from Massachusetts, Chris, I didn't know well. that. Apparently he's from New Bedford. Okay. And, and he uh, he was a minority owner of the Celtics. He bought into them in 2008, so he got... You know, I think I heard about that during the series, that there was yeah. a minority owner, yeah. Uh, he, the, uh, he, got, he, he got a championship ring in 2008 for being a minority owner of the Celtics, so he, uh, that's another ring he added to his collection. In 2010, of course, he bought the Golden State Warriors, and so he's owned them for 12 years. He uh, proceeded to, uh, you know, upgrade the team. Uh, they had wonderful drafts. We all know that story. Uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and, of course, uh, you know, made made trades for Andrew Wiggins, and, of course, they got Kevin Durant for three years. And, of course, he wound up, uh, I, the city of San Francisco, I think, gave him the land, but he built the arena out of his own pocket that they now play in. And he, he said in this article on Sunday, and apparently there will be more details in the book, that he's got a standing offer with John Fisher every year to purchase the team, and he increases it every year. It's over several billion dollars. He would like to buy the A's and take over the responsibility of actually building uh, the stadium and because he said, look, I, I am very well known to all the Bay Area politicians. A lot of people do not want to work with John Fisher. He said, if I was the owner, 
I, I could probably have this already done. The A's would already have a new stadium. Well, you know, he started. You know, one, one thing you didn't mention, Robert, that you mentioned yeah. before, when he started, when he he tried to buy the A's in the first place, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And well, not only not only did he try to buy the A's, he tried to buy the Angels before Artie Moreno did. He also tried to buy the Dodgers before Frank McCourt did. Well, that uh, would have been a good idea. <laughs> you know, uh, you know. But he, but tell him tell him why he didn't get the A's. Because Bud Selick wanted to give the A's to one of his cronies, one of his college roommates or whatever it was. And he's afraid that Rob Manford, even if he is successful in convincing John Fisher to sell the team, he's afraid that John Fisher uh, or Rob Manford would not approve him because Rob Manford agreed with everything that Bud Selig went along with. Well, the well, other Rob thing, Man- too, It is- wouldn't be Rob Manford. It would be the 30 owners. It would be the owners. 30 owners. Yeah. But yeah. The 20, other, the- 29 owners, actually. Yeah. Right. The, the other thing is the Giants. You know, how popular are they in among ownership? You know, in other words, to get them out of the market, to the, you know, the Giants are just kind of tired, maybe, of sharing the market with them. Yeah, they, no, the Giants have made it very clear. They, they would like the A's to leave, so, right. you know. So for you, Robert, as an A's fan, who's far away, you're not going to you know the Coliseum anytime soon. Uh, do you, do you, would it bother you if 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 they left the Bay Area and went to? I mean, if you had a choice, would you like them to build a new stadium in Oakland and and uh, keep the tradition going, or would you say let's just go to Las Vegas? Uh, if a guy like Joe Lacock could actually buy the team and actually do what he because he's already proven with the Warriors, whatever he says he's going to do, he does. So what you're afraid of is if Fisher keeps it, even if it goes to Las Vegas, it still might not be run. I mean, they they certainly did win in Oakland, you know, with him. Yeah. But uh, you know, you're you're you you don't trust him. Is basically no, what you're saying. I, no, uh, and a lot of the A fans don't trust him. Uh, my my best scenario for this team, if Joe Lacob cannot buy the team and and keep them in the Bay Area, is that they go to Las Vegas and John Fisher is bought out by people in Las Vegas to actually run the team because. Uh, let's face it. This year, he traded away half the team, and there there might be more more players gone by August second. I mean, uh, uh, we have the lowest attendance in Major League Baseball, and I can't blame the uh, fans. You know who? Now, I'll give you an example. The Red Sox came in in uh, in June. Those three games are normally sold out. Yep. Even even for the Boston Red Sox, he couldn't get sellouts. Yeah, there were about sixteen thousand, and uh, so there was a good question asked on the Red Sox pregame show a couple of days ago when the Red Sox were getting ready to go to Tampa Bay, and I forget whether it was um, uh, Brian Barrett asked the question uh, to you know to uh, Will Fleming or what? Which ballpark is worse, Tampa Bay or, or Oakland? He said Oakland because nothing works. He said exactly. they're not fixing anything. The toilets don't work. The coffee, you can't get coffee. The, you know, it's just like at least Tampa Bay, he says it's just like a, playing in a circus tent. It's a stupid ballpark, but at least it's a major league ballpark. He says right now the Oakland isn't even a major league ballpark. No, and so uh, for, for the Oakland days and their viability to be competitive in major league baseball, they need to be bought by an owner that's actually going to care about them and spend money. And I think their best path um, is Las Vegas, but I, I was absolutely floored by this when I read this whole article on yeah. Sunday. Um, you know, because and apparently this poor guy has been trying to buy this team ever since he took over the Warriors, yep. and uh, uh, he keeps getting shut out. So yeah, okay. Any other baseball stuff before we move on to pro football? No, well, but we do have to, we do have two hands up, 
And oh, let's start. Let's hear from caller. <laughs> let's start with uh, Jamal and Pierre. You'll be up right after Jamal. So Jamal, go ahead, and then Pierre, you'll be next. I got a couple of things to say here, folks. Other than welcome back. Uh, First of all, before I was going to talk about college football and my proposed scenario for conference realignment that I was thinking about. But before that, this uh, story you were talking about the Warriors owner Aitkak, it sounds like baseball, baseball is out of a bias, a bug up the rear end against this poor guy because they were then by the Angels, the Dodgers, and they don't want to sell the A's to him. So it sounds like it's more of a baseball problem. And... Once again, Bud Selig did the most damage to baseball more than any other commissioner. You know, I would almost call Bud Selig the Donald Trump of Major League Baseball, in my uh, opinion. But with, uh, but with, well, he were, he had his own re- league that he helped run. You know, yeah, so that's, yes, that's okay. yes. Well, and he had a country too, but that's another story. But uh, uh, but I'll also say is maybe I was about to say maybe eight would buy these White Sox, whatever old man rides with ride to. Uh, Get rid of get rid of the team and maybe put in a better manager than a senile Tony. Tony. His, his name is Joe Laycock. Jamal. Joe Laycock. Okay, Laycock. Okay, my my mistake. But he sounds like he'd be a better one than a lot of these guys oh, yeah. in Major League Baseball. Yeah. That was all that being said about about was just shuffling in college football. I was thinking about my own scenario. If I were to be, be shuffling college football, Let, now since the since USC and UCLA decided to join the Big Ten, I would seek to add the, uh, of course, the boys from South Bend and Louisville, and I would consider shipping out uh, Rutgers and and uh, maybe Nebraska sending him back to the Big Twelve. As for the Big Twelve, go ahead. I don't think that part's gonna. I don't, I don't think Louisville. Louisville has to pay a lot to get out of that ACC deal, so I don't think that's happening. But yeah. okay. And and I look at the Big Twelve. The two Arizona schools would be good fits. Also, Utah and Colorado. Right, would be well, good that's fit. been talked about. Yeah, that's before yeah. they're talking to. That's and right, and right, now, and right now, Jamal, I don't think Nebraska really would bring the Big Twelve anything. Right. No, no, it and wouldn't. And also, I would, I think, a big move for the two Washington schools, the two Oregon schools, Cal and Stanford, would be. Jump on the jump on the uh, Mountain West train. They could. And I, yeah, and I also get, talks about also. Oh, yep. And I'd also consider, uh, you know, if you take a look at at sports, and if the, and if let's say a couple of schools want to leave the join the SEC from the uh, from the ACC, maybe ACC should look to add Connecticut. Mainly for that basketball, and maybe even the only Rutgers. the only thing wrong with that idea, Jamal, is all this is being driven by football. Football right. is driving. All right, 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 I understand. Right, I understand that. And maybe, now, Missouri, and maybe, and maybe, boot Missouri and, and Vanderbilt are the SEC and send them to the Big Twelve, or maybe even the ACC. Well, a lot of it, like I said, a lot of it right now. Especially with the ACC stuff, it's their TV money and grant of rights 
that's not going to happen. Now, if Notre Dame were to come in and say, hey, we'll play full-time in the in the ACC, your Connecticut deal to make a 16th team, that might that could happen. Right. Just to get a 16th team that's not available and tied in with one of the others regionally, because Cincinnati, West Virginia, they like this new Big 12 now. They got, they're going to have a little bit of a rivalry, you know, so some of that. It's all, like I said, the ACC sounds like they're not going anywhere until 2036. So, right. Okay, let's, okay bring on, uh, let's bring on Pierre and see what he's got for us. Go ahead, Pierre. Yeah, I figured I'd better get in here in case I have to take a hockey nap later. But uh, yeah. yeah, well, that's actually at the end of the show, Pierre. We don't want to lose listeners. Keep it on. Just turn it down. You don't have to listen to it, but I, I want the number yeah. there. Okay, go ahead. Well, what are we going to do next week if a, if a boxer gets in a fight with a hockey player? I don't know. I think I, think I don't know. <laughs> that would be actually Pierre, Pierre be, you'll have Pierre, you'll have to monitor that and keep us up to date. There have been some exhibition yeah. matches, you know, like yeah, before there was UFC, you could have had like a Chris Nyland fighting somebody. It would have been pretty cool. But anyway, it's the way but, it is. Uh, uh, yeah, on the uh, NASCAR race, uh uh the 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 race was led almost the whole time by Martin Truax Junior and he was passed on the last lap. And wow. uh, oh. one of the one of the better stories that came out in NASCAR this week was the truck series. Um, you know these uh, these big owners they have thirty forty trucks they have forty fifty employees and uh, millions of dollars. Well, the guy that won the race owned one truck and he mm. has one full time employee and he beat the boy. Wow! All right, okay, Pierre. All right. Okay. Now uh, let's bring in uh, Let's bring in uh, Jerry. He wants to get in. Hey, Jerry. All right, Jerry. Okay. Uh, I want to announce. I heard this today that if anybody's the first coverage of the British Open uh, that I know of that's going to be on, uh, Sirius XM is hyping that they're going to start at two a.m. on Thursday. On Channel yep. ninety-two, I know no, that makes sense. It'd be seven o'clock in the morning in, over there. Yeah, that's what time they. That's what time they have their shotgun starts usually at seven. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 read, a, I read Tiger Woods on there. I, I read in the TV listing, Sean, that USA is going to start their coverage at one a.m. Eastern time. Oh, it's going to be USA and not the Golf Channel. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Oh. Yeah, and Tiger is going to play. That's right. Yep. He go. will tee off, I believe, at 4.59 a.m. is what I heard. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Pro football. So we had a hiring in the NFL. This is a good thing. This is a, you know, help with the integrity. They hired a guy named David Highhill. He's the new VP and, and GM for sports betting for the NFL. And he's going to be in charge of integrity and data and partnerships with betting places and so forth. So that'll... That, uh, that's good because <clears throat> there's so many times people say, oh, so, so-and-so uh, withheld information or they, they weren't as uh, on This will be somebody to keep uh, Bill Belichick honest, which will be a, a trick. And um, consider the number of states that are getting sports betting now. You know? Yeah, yeah. Some of the Patriots players live in Rhode Island, I'm sure, because they're so near Foxborough, and uh, they've, they've got it. We can't have it yet, but uh, Rhode Island has it. Everybody's yeah. got it around us. So the autopsy bat is back on uh, Jalen Ferguson, the Ravens linebacker who died. He has fent- had fentanyl and cocaine in his system, so sounds like, and they don't expect they don't expect any foul play. So it looks like it was sort of some kind of an overdose. And uh, the, okay. the Cowboys, uh, the running back that passed away. Um, 
a week They're or so ago. Yeah, that Barbara. is heat, that is heat stroke. They say. Oh wow! Yeah. It was okay. heat stroke. Yeah. So we talked earlier about the USFL championship game and, and all that. So after the year is over, what are you hearing, Sean, as far as what how the ratings were or anything like that? Uh, they were averaging about 800,000 during the season. The championship game did a little over a million. I can't, which game was it that was on? It was a baseball game the same time on third. I can't remember, but they beat the ESPN baseball game. Now, granted, it's on Fox and that's ESPN, but ESPN is in almost every mark. You know, it's in everybody who has cable has ESPN. Right. Now, but so, I mean, Fox and ESPN usually do, but they, they beat the baseball game in the ratings, but they're coming back for, they said they made a three-year commitment. Next year, they're supposed to play in two cities. Oh. So we're going to do the two-city thing, so, yeah. Oh, great. Anyway, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think you need the atmosphere of fans that care about well, the game. I, you know, this okay, is like... what this is, what this is, they're basically, they're, it's a studio. The stadium is their studio. It's like yeah. a made-for-TV game, and that's all it is. But you need it. You still need some fans. And, you know, for, I mean, they, there were some games that had maybe 2,000 people there. And, and the stadium itself, they're using Legion Field. I mean, Legion Field's a dump. I mean, and what you, I mean, I'm surprised they didn't go to somewhere like St. Louis or San Antonio that has a dome and say, hey, can we work it out and have the games in here? Yeah. If they're going to do that, have it all in one place. So, you know, but yeah, at least put it in the cities or tour it around to the eight cities. Like one week in this city, one week in this city. You know, do something like that. Oh, I, I think just put it in the cities and be done with it. You know, and see if you can yeah. have a league in the spring. I and mean, that's all. It's I mean. kind of yeah. kind of ironic that the only game they played all year outside Birmingham, Birmingham won the championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're a tough they, road team, Rick. That's a show. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, yeah. one thing I think that they did that's kind of interesting that I thought was better than what these other leagues did. They started in April and they're ending, you know, July 4th weekend. Right. Where these other leagues were starting right after the football season ended. So we still hadn't lost that foot. You know, by April, you're wanting some football. So maybe the XFL, when they start next year, because we're going to have two of them next year, the USFL and the XFL. I think the the old USFL used to wait about a month and start the beginning of March, and they'd end up, they would end up about the middle of July. So it's just before. Yeah, they played 18 games. They had a longer schedule, too. They had 18 games. They did. Okay. Cleveland finally traded Baker Mayfield, and he went to Carolina. For a round five yeah. choice in 2024, and it could go up to a, a four, I guess, if he wow. starts the majority of games. So yeah. now we have, Cleveland's got Jacoby Brissett, and so he's there, yeah. and Mayfield is there with the, with Sam Darnold, who they're paid a lot of money to. So we'll see what yeah. they're actually. And Cleveland really has paying, to pay paying like half, what ten million or so. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Cleveland's paying ten million. Cleveland's paying more. Cleveland's paying more than half because there's another part that comes out from somewhere else. But Cleveland's paying ten million, and then Carolina's paying the other eight million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I mean, for if you go by the money, uh, you know who's being being paid more? That'd be Darnold, would be your starter. But Darnold's been terrible. So, but oh, and you know, I don't know. I think Mayfield's got more potential. So we'll see what they do. Coach is saying it's an open competition, but it's not. It's going to be Mayfield. No, it's not. It's going to be Mayfield. Yeah. yeah, well, and then, so then the question is maybe Garoppolo might come. There was speculation that he might just go to Cleveland now and, you know, to be there with Brissett, which, of course, they were here before that. So, uh, you know, that, those are the guys that played much, when Brady was suspended. What, Robert? I wonder how much money Cleveland would be willing to pay because Jimmy's owed, like, $25 million this year. Yeah. Um, 
And I, well, I that might be a problem, yeah. I don't, but, I mean, I if, don't, if Watson is suspended for the year, then there would be kind of, other than the money, it would be kind of perfect because it's grappled yeah. last year of his contract. Right. right. And, and, the, yeah, and, we, right. and we think, and I mean, we don't know, but we think it is highly likely he probably will be suspended at least for a season. Yeah. I, I would yeah. think so, yeah. So in Chicago, their city council is talking about putting a dome on Soldier Field, but they may not be able to do it because it's a historic site. And the reason that they were talking about this was because um, Arlington Heights, Illinois, would like to, you know, have have the Bears there. So there was talk about them leaving. They've already Chicago. approved the stadium, and they've already approved to move. They've already got the money and pretty much all but approved to move them out there to the Arlington Park racetrack area. Uh huh. Yeah. So we'll I see. But that, I guess that racetrack is closing, kind of like with Hollywood yeah. Park, Hollywood Park, yeah. California. That's where the new L.A. Football Stadium is. And I guess the same situation is going to occur in... Basically, yeah, there are, you know, this is actually, this is maybe one of the things that people are thinking of with like this USFL, that, you know, people will sit in the in these betting parlors in these different places and watch the races, and they could yeah. be at Santa Anita, or they could be at, uh, you know, whatever park, and you're nowhere near there, you're not walking into it anywhere anymore, but you're still watching it. So, I don't know if horse racing, yeah. I don't know if football could do it the way horse racing does, but I don't think it can, but... You know, because there are fewer and fewer tracks. We don't have Suffolk Downs anymore. A lot of them are closed, you know. Yep. Then we have Sandra Douglas Morgan is now the new president of the uh, Raiders. Yep. And uh, Dave Morgan was her husband, a Minnesota Don. defensive back. Don. What is it? Don Morgan. Don, Don Morgan? Okay. Yeah. He was a defense yeah. back in the league with Arizona and uh, uh, Minnesota. And, uh, and she's the first black uh, female in the NFL as a president. So there you go. Yeah, and she and she used to work with the gambling uh, regulatory commission. She was on the athletic commission in Nevada, so uh, she will also be a big help to the new NFL guy in charge of that as well. Okay, Sunday Ticket is going to be uh, leaving uh, Directv, and the leading contenders to get it are ESPN Plus and Amazon. So yep. yeah, and also along that line, NFL Plus did make our NFL did make official what NFL Plus was going to be. You're going to be able to get podcasts for your teams. Uh, maybe even look in if they film practice. You know, behind the scenes archive games and games in not in your market necessarily or not well in whatever market you're in. So let's say I go up there to visit you, Chris, in Massachusetts. I would not get, even on my phone, I would not get the Houston and Dallas games. I would get whatever you're getting up there. So that's what it's going to be for the $5 a month. So okay, games in whatever area you travel to. And they're designing this for the uh, you know people that travel. It's like the old Verizon NFL mobile thing is what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then we had one uh, death and kind of a historic figure, Marlon Briscoe, 76 years old. The uh, magician, the first uh, black starting NFL quarterbacks, uh, and he played for Nebraska, Omaha. He's from Omaha. He uh, played with the Broncos in '68, and then wide receiver for Buffalo in '69 through '71, Miami '72, '74, San Diego three games in '75, and then and eight for Detroit in '75, and then for the Patriots in '76. She had, he had 14 passing touchdowns and three rushing touchdowns as a quarterback and 30 receiving touchdowns, and he was at one Super Bowl 7-8 and eight with Miami, and so he was part of the uh, champagne-drinking Miami Dolphins, the undefeated team. They're, uh, all dro- they're all dropping like flies. There's not too many of those guys. Yeah, right? the Pro Bowl in 1970, uh, and uh, 
he died of pneumonia and leg circulation issues. And there was an interesting article about uh, him because it talked about the first uh, game that he that he came in in relief. And I actually remember listening to this game. It was September 29th of uh, 1968 against the Patriots. I think the Patriots beat. It was in Denver Sunday afternoon because the Patriots are always away for the first three or four weeks because they couldn't get into Fenway Park. So anyway, they were in Denver, and uh, I do remember that game and the, when he came in. And uh, the Patriots, I think, won that game. He's the only person to have uh, had thrown an interception to a team and intercepted a ball for it, you know, because he, he threw an interception when he was playing the Patriots and then uh, had, a, 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 I, I forget, could, no, he couldn't have thrown an interception for the Patriots, but he uh, maybe intercepted ball, maybe he was an extra defensive back, something like that. Anyway, it's, it's kind of a strange thing. The other person that we lost and a really a cool guy was Hank Goldberg, 82 years old, the Hammer. Uh, he was Miami Dolphins radio color from 78 through 92. He was Jimmy the Greek's uh, writer. Uh, he died of uh, kidney disease. He uh, he was over 500 or better in all the picks he did on ESPN for 15 of 17 years, and that's not bad. Good with a point. Joined ESPN Radio and ESPN Two in 1993, and he, his last broadcast was I think before the uh, Belmont uh, just a few weeks ago. He was born in Newark. Newark came to Miami in '66. He was the Dolphins' publicity department, worked for the uh, Jimmy the Greek 72-75. Then, uh, then he replaced Larry King in the booth. Uh, Larry King, uh, got he got his sports talk show job in Miami at WIOD and replaced him in the booth. And uh, let's see what else we have here. And uh, NFL, he was on NFL Countdown. And, uh, yeah, he was on in May during the uh, Derby, actually during the Derby, I guess. Also worked for CBS uh, Online and he had moved to Las Vegas in 2018. He was uh, always on with uh, our talk show host, Eddie Andelman. They were very good friends, and he was always very interesting. And, uh, you know, I remember him with uh, Chris Berman and all that. So so yeah. we lost him this week. So any other uh, NFL? One, uh, one quick thing back to the Baker Mayfield thing. Now, now that he's on the Panthers, the Panthers have the number one drafted quarter, number one overall pick and number three overall pick, both from the – 2018 draft both quarterbacks and they didn't draft either one of them <laughs> and the, yep. the only other time that's happened i believe is when the raiders and they didn't draft either one of them either when the raiders had jim plunkett and dan pastorini that is correct oh and yeah, remember, that's right and remember uh dan pastorini is the one that replaced kenny stabler and yep. of course in the fifth game of the season dan pastorini broke his leg and jim plunkett came in finished the season and of course that was the that was the year the Raiders beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Okay. Yep. Nineteen eighty, yeah. Yep. Okay. Another so. NFL note real quick also, uh it was announced today a couple hours ago that Rob Walton, the guy who's buying the Broncos, uh Walmart uh, son, you know, he is they are added Condoleezza Rice to their ownership group. So she's gonna be part owner on this Okay. Yep. She's buying in. Uh, and you know she was on the playoff committee with, for yeah. college football for years. So. That's right. Yeah, well, she's always said that uh, as soon as Roger Goodell is done being commissioner, she would like to be the new commissioner of the National Football League. So okay, yep. So um, for the NHL, we got Derek Lalonde as the new now, coach. Now Pierre the- can go to sleep. Yeah. Good, night. Good, night, good night, Pierre. Good night, Pierre. Derek <laughs> Lalonde is the new coach for the Detroit Red Wings, and. Uh, and he was on uh, John Cooper's staff in Tampa, and uh, so he's a younger coach, and Steve Eiserman wants to get a younger co- coach in there. Uh, Jim Montgomery is the new coach for the Bruins, <laughs> and <clears throat> he was assistant with St. Louis before that and a Dallas coach, 
and pretty good Dallas coach. He got uh, he, uh, you know, uh, they had some advancement in the playoffs, and then the team that he uh, helped put together went to the finals in 2020 uh, in the bubble. Uh, you know, the Rick Bonus took the finals, and I, I, I don't know. I guess the deal is he had he's a recovering al- alcoholic, and he has uh, basically been on the wagon for 30 months. He was introduced yesterday. He's a, a looser coach than um, than they had, you know, than uh, Cassidy. what Cassidy was. And the thing is, you know, you, you look at it, sometimes that works, especially with a veteran team that can work. That's what the Celtics needed with Casey Jones coming in for Bill Fitch. But you wonder with a, a relatively young team, but he supposedly is good at bringing younger players along. He does have a New England connection. Remember, we were talking about the other guy that they might have hired uh, that had been uh, from here in BU. This guy played for the main uh, foot, uh, hockey championship in 1993 when they won. So, uh, you know, he does still have some New England connections. But he has, uh, he, he played, uh, you know, he, he's he been more of a uh, more of a resume, I think, than uh, the guy that they were going to bring in. So that might be better. So, and San Jose fired uh, Bob Bugner because we had a move. Uh, the other shoe dropped when Mike Greer became their general manager. Uh, and he, of course... He is the first uh, black general manager. He had played for BU. He is the son of Bobby Greer and the brother of Chris Greer, who manages the uh, general manager of um, Miami. And, uh, you know, so I I don't know. You say, though, uh, they could be kind of strapped because they still have to deal with this business with with the player that's got the appeals on on being released, uh, Robert. Yeah, they've got a lot of salary cap issues because... Uh, they still have an arbitration meeting dealing with the whole Evander Kane mess. Uh, the Players Association is fighting the termination of his contract. And, of course, if that gets restored, he becomes property again of the San Jose Sharks for three more years. And yeah. uh, if that's the case, uh, we're really going to have some cap issues. And, uh, he, you know, Kane went to Edmonton and did well. Uh, you know, helped Edmonton to get to the second round of the playoff. and But now he's a free agent, but he may technically, once this hearing happens, he may not be a free agent. He may be awarded back to the Sharks, which would be a complete nightmare for somebody that's trying to clean up the uh, the cap situation. And, and of course, uh, you got to bring in a coach, and you might have to bring in a different coach if you have a guy like Evander Kane on your team because, let's face it, everywhere he's been in the NHL, he's basically been a headache. Uh, you know, because uh, he causes more trouble off the ice than he does on. But he's one hell of a player, and that's the only problem. Why that's the only way he gets so many chances is because he's so good on the ice. But you want to deal with the off ice headaches, right? Rick Bonus is going to be the new coach of Winnipeg, uh, and uh, also an interesting stat: Colorado most combined wins in a the season. They tied for that with seventy-two. Your playoff wins and your regular season wins. Uh, and so they, they, the regular season, uh, you know, the, the teams that also did that were 95-96 Red Wings, the 83-84 Edmonton team, and the 76-77 Montreal, and the 77-78 Montreal had 71. So those are the top ones of all time. And so we already pretty much talked about Mike Greer, and, uh, you know, they're from Holliston, Massachusetts, all the Greers. Yep. And, uh, of course, Bobby Greer was the guy who was associate director of scouting for Houston. And before that, the running back coach and director of scouting and player personnel for the Patriots. And he was the guy that was buying the groceries that Bill Parcells was not happy with. 
especially and when they when they drafted um, uh, Terry Glenn. Terry Glenn. Yeah. Yep. What were you going to say, Robert? Um, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Remember, <laughs> free, free agency starts tomorrow. We'll do we'll do our best to keep you updated. I will not be here next week, so hopefully I'll leave enough notes for everybody to get covered. So, uh, unfortunately, what have you heard about the NHL draft, uh, Robert? Um. Okay. Uh, I don't know a lot about any of these players that were drafted. Of course, we don't get a lot of co- college coverage, and and uh, of course, uh, you have all the Canadian leagues and the European leagues. But apparently, um, you know, uh, it was a good draft. They think that Seattle had the best draft overall because Shane Wright was supposed to be the number one pick, and Montreal didn't go there, so he was uh, in the green room until Seattle picked at four and. They say that he's the best player in the draft, and Seattle may have gotten a steal. So, what is he? A forward or defenseman, or what? Uh, he's a forward. And okay. Par- and apparently, he's a one hell of a scorer. So, uh-huh. uh, the Kraken may be may be dangerous. Also, the Colorado Avalanche have elevated Joe Sackick to president, and they're moving one of their other guys up to GM. So. Uh, that was his reward for helping okay. Colorado win the Stanley And we have one, one last thing in hockey. Jim Pappen died. He was a right winger, 80, 82 years old, from Ontario, uh, from Ontario. He played for the Maple Leafs, 63 through 78, Blackhawks, 68 through 75, the California Golden Seals, 75 and 76, then Cleveland, which was the same team they moved to the Cleveland Barons, 76. And he was a five-time All-Star and he won the cup for the Maple Leafs in 64 and 67. And we, he had uh, 278 goals and 295 assists for 573 points, 92 playoff goals and 33 uh, assists. Uh, and uh, let's see. Uh, so I think that was it on him. But he was a pretty good player. I mean, you know, you're, you're not a, an all-star, but a good player that you remember from uh, all those years with uh, Toronto and the Blackhawks in particular. So... Anyway, just to, any- up, uh, just to tie up a loose end, I asked the Echo device, and according to that, Keith Hernandez was traded for Neil Allen and Rick Andre. Oh, my. Neil Allen, I remember. That's really that trade, didn't they? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, they did. Who they had. So now, the other guy, Andre, I don't remember. Neil no, Allen, I don't either. I didn't know she could do trades. That's cool. Okay. <laughs> well, it's funny because I asked her who they traded, and she said, well, on June 15th, she didn't give a year, so it made it sound like it just happened. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was June 15th, 1983, because remember, back in the day, the trading deadline used to be June 15th. Oh, yes, I sure do. Oh, yeah. Very very good, Sean. Go ahead and knock it out. Wrap it up. All right, everybody. Well, first of all, I forgot to do this at the beginning. You can contact us anytime throughout the week. Uh, sports Lounge at allthingsradio.net or 800-693-0595, option 2 or 773-572-7715 hit pound key when you hear the greeting. And if you want to listen to this anytime, uh, download the podcast at legendoldies.com or type in Sports Lounge Live in your podcatcher. Go uh, tell your smart speaker to play Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcasts or go to 773-572-3006, option number nine. And by the way, uh, for Prime Day, uh, they have your Gen 4s of your of your device, your dots are for $19.30 and your Gen 3s are 17 But anyway, uh, we'll come back next week for another great episode. Uh, and also the Bill Perry and Friends show. Don't forget that. Uh, Monday, 1 p.m. It has returned. It was a fun show yesterday. And the Coffee Club coming back tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern. So and next week then, we'll, we be will. All-star, we'll be the All-Star pregame show next week. <laughs> yes, we will. Next week, All-Star pregame show. So we'll see you next week.